All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Hey everybody, welcome. Another episode of Dropping the Gloves with John, Scott, and Tim Wurzberger. I hope hey, everyone's yo. doing. Tim, I was going to introduce you and say how you doing. Give me patience. All right. What Start I tell over. my kids a thousand times a day. Patience. Start patience, it over then. Patience. No, Tim, how you doing? I am fine. How are you? I'm doing good. Very good. We're at a nice Friday afternoon here. Going to have a late episode drop, but it's okay. It's okay. So... We're going to do a quick one. We have an exciting guest coming on a little later, Natalie Spooner. Ever heard of her? Ever heard of her? She's a gold medal winner, silver medal winner. She's won like a gazillion silver medals in the world championships. She won a gold in the world championships, she too. She did, yep. but she's been on a streak of silvers. The USA has really kind of taken over women's hockey the last five or six years. So, Who do you root for when you watch? Canada, you obviously. Do? Yeah, oh, for sure. Always Canada in the international games, without a doubt. Right. That's what I grew up doing that. So I, I'm not going to change. But anyway, she'll be joining us. Very interesting. She's going to the All-Star Game. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Maybe three on three. Maybe, I don't know. Women's hockey, they're, it's always, they're always doing something, women's hockey. Whether it's Canada versus USA, um, their professional league, their international stuff. They have these tours that go around the country. It seems like they don't have an off-season women's hockey. They're just playing all the time. I mean, for better or worse, there's always something to talk about there. Yeah. You know? So it's great. I think, you know, it's a good thing they're going to the All-Star game. It just gets more eyes on their sport, which is huge. And uh, hopefully something good comes from it. You never know. But anyways, we'll, we'll chat with her a little later. Right now, we'll try to burn through some of the big, big line items that have been happening around the league. I don't know. What do you want to touch on first? Let's start with the All-Star game. You already mentioned it. Coming right. up in, in about two weeks. Uh, big news in the last couple of days was the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, Gallant, was fired, which is interesting because they were only like two points out of a wild card spot. Like, it's not like they're tanking and it's not like the shark situation. It's so different from that. Um, it's the league has turned into a what have you done for me lately league. Yeah. This guy was a Jack Adams Award winner two years ago. They had a good year last year. They have, they're having a decent year this year and they fire him. The worst thing to happen to coaches was when the St. Louis Blues and the Pittsburgh Penguins fire their coaches midseason and they go on a run to win the Stanley Cup with a new coach. Because now every GM has that in the back of their head and they think, that's what our team needs. We're struggling a little bit. We're going to change coaches and then we're going to take off and we're going to win the Cup. 
and it's happening. And it, yeah, this is what's happening in, in uh, Vegas. Do you know anything about his reputation among the players? Is he like a well-liked and yeah. respected guy? From what I've heard, the players love him. He's a player's coach? I just spit all over you, Tim. Did you see that? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I dodged it. We <laughs> did. Your reflexes. But um, yeah, players like him. He he is a old-school coach where he demands you work hard, but he will reward guys for working hard. He um he kind of doesn't take any flack from opposing teams. If a, if a opposing player takes a run at one of his top guys, he takes care of it. And that's why he has Ryan Reeves. He's always had tough guys on his team. When he was in Florida, he had Michael Haley. Like he likes that style of play. He has Derek England on the back end. Like he is an old school type of coach who, you know, the players respect. I'm surprised he got fired. I really am. And then to bring in DeBoer right away after all the rivalries they've had in the last few years and the comments that the both coaches have made to each other on the ice in the papers like it's just it's funny that they would bring DeBoer in it's very strange and then obviously the big question was we have a, a John Scott situation right. he was supposed to coach the Pacific team in the All-Star game they kind of like okay there's some precedent for this because of you but there's no nothing for coaches so there, yeah. there was a lot of questions that it was up in the air for a couple of days i know you volunteered your services right the nhl hates fun they honestly <laughs> it would have been so fun to go in there and be like hey guess who's back but yeah they made the right choice talk it you know arizona's in first place in the pacific division i get it so talk he's another good coach rick talk i like him but it would have been fun you mean like as in you two of you you and him are both good coaches no i've never coached anything or anyone a day in my life it was it was funny we got a couple of tweets that was like this would be john scott coaching the team would be hilarious it would be like the fans would love it it would be it just makes sense so you know the nhl is not going to do not going to do it at all yeah yeah it's um and i i understand why they don't do it i have no interaction with the nhl at all anymore so they're not going to just call me out of the blue to come and have fun like they they don't want fun they don't want a distraction from this serious game that is the all-star game it's a very serious game it means a lot there's a lot at stake. The players, they are very serious when they go to that game. It's making and breaking careers a lot lately. It you is. Know, it you, really is. No, what happens is guys get voted into the All-Star game and they go, ugh, I already made plans. I was um, I already had my tickets booked for Hawaii. Now I'm voted in. What do I do? Do I have to go? Maybe I'll fake an injury. We'll see what happens. So, what, What's your take on guys uh, sitting out and taking, taking the one-game suspension? I don't mind it. I think, especially if they've gone a few times, five, six, seven times, I think it's even good for the fans. You've seen those players in the game for so many years. It's nice to see fresh faces. It's good to see guys in skills competitions who you would never see. But when you have a guy like Ovechkin or Crosby or those guys, they've been in it every single year. They get bored of it. The fans know what they're going to do. They don't think it's exciting anymore. But you get a young kid in there who's like excited to be there, he, he's going to want to prove that he deserves to be there. He's going to want to you know, showcase his skills. So I don't mind it. I don't think they should get a game suspension. I think they, if anything, should get a fine, half a game's paycheck or something. You know, you yeah. shouldn't suspend him a game. That's To me, that that's insane if the NHL is saying we're trying to grow the game. We want to showcase our talent, but then – you suspend a player for a regular season game that it will affect his team in the regular season for a showcase game that doesn't mean anything. Do you know you know what I mean? You're changing the rules a little bit. This is, yeah, just because you want that player to benefit the NHL, 
right? They want the All-Star game to be a success, so they're going to take away from the actual regular season where games mean something. It's it just it's very strange. It just it's self-serving. The NHL just I don't know, they just make up the rules. If you if you wrong them, they're going to they're going to suspend you. Does it yeah. yeah. Anyways, it, it is what it is. I I think if Ovechkin goes or not, the All-Star game is going to be successful. If Crosby's there, it's not going to have a bump in the ratings if those two go or not. If you're a hockey fan, you're going to watch the All-Star game. The only All-Star game in history where non-hockey fans watched was my All-Star game, arguably, because it was such a random story. It's not going to happen again. Non-hockey fans are not going to all of a sudden turn on the All-Star game because, oh, Ovechkin's going to be there. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching because Ovi's there. Or fans aren't going to go, I'm not watching, Ovi's not going to be there. It's, it's not going to make or break the game. Anyways, moving on. It's sad glance done. It's it's just I don't know. It's just a, it's a weird league. Do you think he finds a job pretty soon? Right away. Yeah. Right away. I think he will have no problem finding a job and there might be one open in Seattle. So, we'll see how it goes. He he is a very 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 good coach. The players respond to him. He took an expansion team to the Stanley Cup Finals. It's amazing. And I know they had good players, but it's not like they had high-end guys. All the good players were protected. Like, they took – it was like the Bad News Bears. They took a ragtag group of cast-offs, and he took them to the Stanley Cup Finals. They almost won the Cup. It's He did a great job with that team, and he did it last year. They were a good team last year. Fleury's been struggling this year. They haven't had the same kind of mojo that they usually do, but he'll have no problem finding a new a new job. No problem whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what else? We have Cassian. The everyone, hit. Everyone wants to know your take on this. First of all – I am on Team Cassian. I think, but I, it, it's tough. I like the way Kachuk plays the game to a point. I love the aggressiveness. I love the hitting. I love the trash talk. Where he loses me is not answering the bell when I feel like he should. I've heard James Neal's comments. I've heard Cassian's comments. I've heard Kachuk's comments. I don't mind what Kachuk says in the media. He's just stirring that pot. He is in Cassian's kitchen. He's making breakfast. He is exactly where he wants to be. What I would love to see out of him is to fight Cassian. Just to say, okay, all right, I'm going to pay the piper. We're going to fight. Kachuk's not a small guy. It's not like he is 180 pounds and a skill guy. He is a solid man, and he would do fine fighting. It, w- it would go a long way in the eyes of the players if he dropped the mitts and say, let's go. You know, it's just like when um, it's not to the same extent. You remember when Claude Lemieux nailed Draper from behind? Yeah. He knew he had to fight the next year. He fought McCarty. He said, all right, we're going to go. We're, we're going. He paid the piper. He didn't have to fight. He probably didn't want to fight, but he knew he was going to have to fight. So that's what he did. And a lot of players respected him for that. If Kachuk drops the gloves and fights Cassian next game, I think this whole story will go away and the players will earn a a little more respect for Kachuk. Because right now, the players, no respect whatsoever. Yeah, but on the other hand, we talked about this. Like, Should players expect to have to drop the gloves every time they make a big hit? No. That, that uh, No. That hit, the league has tried to take out of the game. The forward coming down on the defenseman, who's a defenseless player, or forward, they're not expecting to be hit by the forward coming down the boards. That is a hit that the NHL has tried to take out of the game. Rafi Torres used to do it. Um, Steve Downey used to do it. Derek Bugard used to do it. I like to do it because whoever's rounding that net, 
Nat, they're getting defended by the defenseman. They're not expecting someone to come down on them. They're expecting that forward to stay high, stay in the middle, not overpressure down low and like give up their position. And that's what Kachuk did twice in a row. The NHL has said they want those hits out of the game. It's a blindside hit. More often than not, the player is not expecting it, and they get injured. So I'm I'm all for big hits in the open ice when you are like you're available to get hit. Those two hits I feel like were not needed. The first hit was the one I, I actually have issue with. That was a suspendable hit. He nails his head. Cassian does a 360. Cassian, what's going on with his helmet too, by the way? I didn't notice. There's just buckets off every time he gets hit. <laughs> yeah. It just like sheds his helmet. Well, he's bald, right? He's got no traction there. Is that why? Yeah. See, you have a full head of hair. You never lose your helmet. Oh, God, no. It's like Velcro. It's Velcro's right. But anyways, and then this is what's happened. Cassian gets hit the first time, gets his bell rung, dirty hit. Should have been a penalty. If that's a penalty right there, the whole thing is over with. I don't think Kachuk hits him the second time in a 3-3 game after he's already taken one penalty. I don't think he, he pinches down again and hits him again. Doesn't get penalized. The next time he has Cassian in that position, because he didn't get penalized the first time, Kachuk's, boom, green light. I'm allowed to make this hit. Goes down and buries him again. Exact same hit. The second one might be a little more cleaner this time. Cassian again looks around. No penalty. No arm going up. I got to protect myself. I'm going after the kid. And he tries to fight him. There's no way that should be a suspension whatsoever. You know, I, I don't understand. He doesn't land a punch. He ragdolls him a little bit, but he doesn't land a punch or anything. But speaking of that, we, we, we talked last week about the code, and you said one of the dirtiest things you can do is grab the guy's yeah. shoulder and, and slew him, which is what Cassian did. To An Kachuk unsuspecting. There. Kachuk knew he was coming after him. Kachuk, if. It's still from behind. Though. It. I will take umbrage to that because Kachuk knew Cassian was coming after him. He knew exactly what was happening. He could have faced him. He should have faced him and at least turtle facing him. But when Cassian's coming after you, you don't just stand there and turn the other way and act like, uh, I don't know, uh, like dummy. Like, don't do that. Like, man up, face the kid, like, or skate away. Don't just stand there and turn around. It happened in last night's game, San Jose, Colorado. Jumbo and Kadri were going at it. Um, San Jose was down 4 nothing. Jumbo was in a bad mood. Kadri's a pest. They were going at it, and there was a scrum. Landeskog comes in and just, like, hog ties Timo Meyer from behind and, like, cranks his neck around and throws him down. It might not have been Meyer. It might have been, gosh, Noser, whatever his name is. Really dangerous play, and I saw it. I was just like, what is going on here? Landeskog, I don't know if we can put a link up or something, but it is such a dirty play. And, no, I don't think Cassian did anything wrong in that regard. I think the NHL steps in, and I don't think George Peros wants to suspend him. I think the NHL does not like Cassian. I don't think they like players like him. They just throw two games at him. What about Kachuk? I've heard he doesn't have the best reputation among players in the league. A lot of guys don't respect him, don't respect I mean, even more after this incident probably, but it's not the first time he's done something like that. They hate him. They hate him. They think he's a loose cannon out there who just goes around and Buries guys in dangerous positions. Tom Wilson hits guys. I don't feel like he hits guys in vulnerable positions. He might do it once in a while. Kachuk consistently do does it. Whether you're three feet from the boards, he's pinching down on guys. 
He did he, Dowdy the, the the Dowdy thing. Yeah, Dowdy's one of the best defensemen in the league, and he almost injures him. And it's just he's only been in the league for a handful of years, and he's already built this reputation, and no one's checked him, no one's suspended him, no one's really kept him in line. Plus, Wilson will answer the bell too. Yes, yes, and I don't know if Kachuk doesn't like fighting. I don't know if he's tough or not. Maybe he's been in some fights that I've never seen, but he doesn't. He's not getting good reputation on the league, and it's just it is what it is. He needs to step up and fight, or just stop doing it. Marshall will fight sometimes. Yep. Right. Tory Krug fought last night. Yeah. Could he? He um fought um what do you Hornquist? Yeah, Hornquist. Yeah. Terrible fight. Yeah. But still, he fought. Yeah. I just feel like if you are going to toe the line and step over the line. Either A, the NHL needs to poop or get off the pot. You're going to control the game. You want to get fighting out of the league. You have to control situations like this. You cannot let players get away with hits like that. I wonder, too, like how much power does, does Paros actually have? None at all. He's just the face of this, right? He has no power at all. Yeah. That's what I think. I think Bettman put him there because he's like, listen, look at I have a fighter. He's going to understand the players. The players are going to relate to him. He's a fighter, you guys. You can't get mad at the suspensions. Bettman makes all the decisions, him and Daly. That's what I firmly believe. I could be wrong, but I truly believe anytime there's a suspension, they tell George what to do. George doesn't do anything. Speaking of Marchand, Ouch. did you see his penalty shot the other night? I did. It's, it just brings me so much joy to see that happen. It really, really does. It was embarrassing. And then last night, he had a breakaway and didn't get a shot off. Really? There was like no one was even in the blue line. There was no one near him, and he did, he didn't get a shot off. He like lost the puck and went into the corner. Really? Yeah. I so he's already uh, on All Star break. Maybe. So then, um, Antti Netter, Pasternak like held the shot and gave it to Marshawn instead. Then he missed he, it. No, he scored. And you can see him on the bench after being like, "Thanks, buddy. I needed that." Oh. A little slump buster. It must be nice to be that good, where you just get every game an opportunity at an empty net. <laughs> right? It must be nice. I'm, I know when I was in San Jose, we were always seemed like we were down a goal in the third period all the time. After the first like four months of the season, I was like, Jumbo, your minus is pretty bad. He's like, yeah, I've been on for nine empty net goals. No way. He's like, that's minus nine. I'm like, oh, man, that stinks. Do you remember when like when Lucic was his most effective and he was one of the most effective players in the league yep. in his prime? But there was one year he had 30 goals playing on Savard's wing. And he had like 12 empty net goals. Really? It was something silly like that. It's yeah. just those goals should have an asterisk beside him, I think. Well, I got one of them, so maybe yeah. they shouldn't. Best one ever. Best one ever. But yeah, that penalty shot, how do you miss the puck? It was crazy. And it's not like he was showboating and like trying to kick it or backhand it. It was his forehand. And if he missed it completely, he could have gone again. But he yes. just grazed it enough. Like You could not do that if you tried. If you tried to line up a penalty shot 10 times... To just push that puck, just give a little kiss. literally two inches, like he did. You could not do it. I, yeah, that's a challenge. I'll try to do it. There's no way you can do that. It's funny. It was very satisfying to hear Jack Edwards go up. Oh, I think he touched it. Ah, suck it, Jack. But it's just funny. Speaking of Boston, okay. So I do this cameo thing, right? Yeah. Where people pay me, and I send them a message. And it's great, and they everyone loves it. So if you want a message for me, go on Cameo, look up my name, and I'll give you a personalized message. Anyways, there's this guy or a group of guys, I would assume guys, could be, could be women as well. They want me 
to decide where they're going to do their fantasy hockey draft. No way, that's cool. Yeah, so they did a vote, and I guess the league is tied. It's a, it's a deadlock. The two options are Boston and Nashville. And I get the deciding vote on where this fantasy group does their draft. Will they make a weekend out of it? I I guess so. So I don't know where to go because I enjoy Nashville, but I also really like Boston. You must not have too long to decide, right? How long do they give you to do the cameo? Like a couple days. Yeah. Uh, so I'm guessing their draft. I don't know when it is, but I don't know. I don't. I just got it yesterday, so I don't know who to pick. Like I. I want to lean towards Nashville, but I also think Boston is such a great town. They're both great. Nashville's very touristy. It's very, um, I don't know. I feel like it used to be like the cool city to go to, and now everyone and their grandmother goes yeah, to Nashville. It's kind of turned into Vegas a little bit. Yeah. Or it's just not as exciting. I think I might, I might sway towards Boston. Tell them to come to Traverse City instead. They're a little, they're a little no, curveball in there. No, I don't want anybody else here. <laughs> no, do not come to Traverse City. I, I'm, well, well, you're obviously biased you would pick boston but honestly if you had to go to a city with all your friends for two nights which city would you go to it would be nashville it'd be not really really yeah because it's more condensed and everything's right there it's more of a party city too i think it's like if you want to have a good time for two days and it's not like like seeing like cultural stuff isn't important to you and you want to go out with your buddies i would say nashville all right all right i you have convinced me i'm going to respond and i'll say nashville all right, that's it. That's the vote. All right, well, we got to get to the Spooner interview. Unless you have anything else, Tim. No, let's hear from Natalie. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. And uh, I hope everyone has a good weekend. Cheers. Welcome back, everybody. Natalie Spooner is joining us. It's a really big honor. This is our first gold medal Winner joining us. Actually, no, we had Patrick Marlowe on. Never mind. Our second gold medal winner joining us. Natalie Spooner, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. No problem. So where are you talking to us from right now? I'm currently at home in Toronto. I had camp this week, but I'm home now for a few days uh, before we go to the All-Star Weekend next weekend. And that's camp for Team Canada, correct? Yes, we just had like a, a mini camp in Toronto. Oh, nice. Played some exhibition games, got some games under our belt. Cool. So, okay, you, you brought it up. This whole all-star game, how did this even come about? Um, to be honest, I just got an email asking if I would go, and I wasn't too sure if it was for real at first, and I was like, I didn't even think twice. I was like, obviously, yes, that would be amazing. I kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, I think, and – um i'm excited to go it's pretty cool um what they've done and that they've stepped up and um are you know letting us come and do a three-on-three to showcase our talent obviously this year we don't have a league to play in so it really is all about you know showcasing the women's game and getting it out there just how good it's become and how fast and how skilled the players are so this is just kind of another layer of doing that and making sure that people you know see us playing and and can see the talent and hopefully grow that fan base yeah so will it be do you know if it'll be on the saturday on the friday on the sunday what what are the uh what's the schedule looking like so we actually haven't got our schedule yet but um i think it's on the friday before the skills competition for the guys maybe 
That's cool. That That's exciting. Sense? Yeah, no, that does make sense. Yeah. That's going to be great. I think people will be surprised at just how much the gap has closed when it comes to speed and talent and overall just enjoyability when watching the women's game versus the men's game. Because I know when I was a kid, the women's game wasn't as good as the men's game. And I think that's just was the product that there wasn't many girls leagues growing up and this and that. But man, I skate with you sometimes at charity events and the women's like, you guys are so, so good. It's, it's amazing. The speed, the skill level, the talent, the physicality, people always think women's hockey is not physical. It's so cool. And what, what should fans be looking to expect when they see you guys? Cause you don't play three on three, correct? This is going to be something totally foreign. I would imagine. Yeah, something totally new. Um, I mean, over times, like, we've played three-on-three three before, but uh, this is obviously something totally new to play kind of an actual game three-on-three three and to, you know, only have 10 players on a roster. But I think, yeah, they should expect lots of speed. Obviously, it is still a physical game, even though we can't, like, lower our shoulders or do open ice hits. I think you'll see quite a bit of that. And also just a ton of skill. I think when you think about women's hockey, because, we don't have those fighters. We don't have those big, I guess, like what you would consider yourself maybe in the careful, hockey game. Um, careful. <laughs> um, it is a game of speed and skill. And to be honest, I think the NHL players are even coming more towards the female game. Um, as time goes on, you're seeing less of those big, tough fighters. And you're seeing more smaller, skilled, fast guys. And I think that that's what you'll see um, out of our game is, there's so much skill and, and, and lots of speed. I think people who have maybe never seen a game before will be pleasantly surprised. I hope so. I hope this brings on a whole new fan base because circling back to what you said earlier about there is no league for you guys this year. So the mm-hmm. CWHL folded and you guys are kind yeah. of left on an island where you have all these great players and there's nowhere to play. So you guys started, well, I shouldn't say you guys, the PWHPA started the Dream Gap Tour, correct? Yeah, so what happened was it was actually last year at World Championships in April. We were in Finland, like obviously all the Canadian, all the American players, and we got a phone call saying that the CWHL was folding for the following year, which definitely shocked us. We thought that we had kind of had our best year yet. We had the All-Star Game um, in Toronto at Scotiabank Arena, which had like a huge crowd. We had the Clarkson Cup Final on TV. Like we had quite a few games actually um, aired on TV. So we were totally blindsided, but uh, we came together as players and created the PWHAPA uh, and then decided, you know, we still needed to play, even though we didn't have a league, because if we wanted to represent our countries and to continue growing as players, we couldn't just, you know, not be playing games. You got to be visible. So we, um, exactly. So we created the Dream Gap Tour where there's different showcases. Um, We've had some in the U.S., some in Canada, and there's more coming up. And also just some other exhibition games on the side to make sure that, you know, these little girls out there can still see us playing and realize that there is somewhere for women's hockey um, that they can grow up dreaming of playing in. And, you know, what we're doing now, it, it probably might not, um, you know, pan out for us, but hopefully it's those little girls that are coming out to support us that they can then play professional women's hockey as a career when they're older. Does it like ever kind of, give you goosebumps almost where you realize like I might be like trailblazing um, a whole new sport like Billie Jean King for tennis like you might be Mm -hmm. the trailblazer for professional women's hockey which is crazy to think about when you 
you know, God willing, you're 95 years old sitting in a chair and you can look back and there's a fully functioning women's league. Is it, is it cool to think about that you're like taking the lumps now or do you wish it was just like super easy and you could just like start right now? I don't know. I just, it's so cool that you're doing this. I don't know if you can't even answer that, but it's just like, it's kind of cool, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess you don't really think about it while you're in it. You're just kind of in it and you're doing uh, the best that you can to help grow the game and to get it, you know, where it needs to be. And I guess it, it's scary sometimes for sure also because we did have a league and it's, you know, what if that, what if we had those sponsors before and would that league have kept going or, you know, so I think there's a, there's a lot of different moving parts, but I think we also think about, okay, when the NHL started up uh, 103 years ago or whatever it was, like they had to start somewhere too. So whatever we're going to start next, hopefully it's going to be around for a hundred plus years and, um, be the league that you know everyone dreams of playing in as a young girl so pie in the sky best case scenario what happens with women's hockey in the next five years like what is the best possible outcome in the next five years oh boy best possible I mean I think if we could have a league next year to play in that would be amazing um, you know something that had the infrastructure that had the support that we could get um, you know, visibility towards it, but also that uh, women could have hockey as a career. I think like right now, it's it's kind of a bit of a double-edged sword when you look at women's hockey, because you have all these amazing players, but they also have to have jobs. So it's like, if these women could solely focus on hockey, I think the level of women's hockey would also take off because they'd be training um, and being able to play so much more instead of having to work about like thinking about their job at the same time. So I think that that would be something that would not only help women's hockey, but um, you know, help female sports. If we could have a league happen next year, that would be best case scenario. Yeah. So we'll see if it happens. Bettman, Gary Bettman, my best friend. Um, <laughs> he has made comments where he's basically not committing to helping you guys. I don't think he wants to get involved myself, but he'll say things like, well, if there was no professional women's league available, then the NHL could potentially step in if it was opportune for us. Now, mm -hmm. what that basically, what that says to me is, well, if there was nothing, we might step in and try to help them out, but they're not going to do it if it's not financially, you know, good for them. That Does it yeah. make you guys want to just fold both leagues and then take a shot at it? Or are you just kind of under the impression the NHL – They'll help us here and there, but they're not going to really start a league for us. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak on the other league, what they have going on. I mean, for us, we would obviously love the NHL to be involved. I think they have the infrastructure. They have the teams. It could kind of be that WNBA setup um, that we could have a WNHL, and I think that that would be amazing. I mean, Gary Bettman, obviously, he said those things. I think – at the end of the day, he's a businessman. He's a very smart man. And look how far he's brought the NHL, you know. Smart um, in the loose term. Doing, yeah, okay. But doing a lot of different things to get the NHL out there, you know, outdoor games, different kind of things. And so I think that he's probably not going to go into anything and that he doesn't have to or that he doesn't real – isn't prepared to do, I guess. Yeah, uh, I, I can that see he, that. How good the product is you know, how good women's hockey has become and how good it is and um, that people do want to watch it uh, and that, you know, 
under the NHL that we could just grow into something that's uh, pretty amazing. Well, yeah, you mentioned the WNBA, and they just, just this past year, signed a brand new CBA that was kind of groundbreaking for women's sports, where they have mm-hmm. higher salaries, benefits, like improved travel. Like, they really are growing that sport to where when it first came in to inception, like 15 years ago, it was it was not on anyone's radar. Now they're nationally televised. Mm-hmm. Like it's a pretty big deal. Is that, do you guys look at the WNBA, like kind of the standard where you just try to follow what they've done? For sure. I mean, I think that they're kind of paving the way here. And this week with the announcement of that CBA, I mean, they had to start somewhere and you were saying not many people heard about it at first, but look where they are now. And I mean, the top players are making half a million dollars, which is, you know, way more than we would expect to make at all. But uh, like that's amazing they are getting so much more coverage uh, even just uh, everything they're doing I mean the word is getting out there but they're also paving ways for women and not even women athletes because I don't know if you saw like there's they're getting two bedroom apartments for kids people that have kids um, they're giving support through uh, family planning so this is going to sound crazy but freezing your eggs or uh, adoption, whatever it is. And I think that that's a lot of things that male hockey players or male athletes don't have to think about that, you know, as female athletes, if you want to play as long as you can, those are things you're definitely going to have to think about. Yeah. I so they're really paving the way here for, for female athletes. Full pay for maternity leave. So yeah, if you do get pregnant, mm-hmm. you get your paycheck. I think that's really great because yeah, it's, it's a completely different, obviously men are different from women, obviously. So there are mm-hmm. different things to think about. So anyways, I think that's awesome. Let's just move on to a, the lighter side of things. You just competed in Battle of the Blades. Yes, <laughs> I did. How did, the, how did that go? Because we, we talked about this. I got asked to do that, but I had to decline. Was it fun? Was mm-hmm. it difficult? How, how did that go? Uh, it was a blast. It was definitely a lot of fun. Um, pretty crazy at first thinking that I was going to be on toe picks and on figure skates. Uh, I think coming off of my skates for the first time, like being lifted and swung around was very scary because in hockey, you don't really ever leave your feet that much. So, but I mean, it was so much fun. Um, The cast was amazing. My partner, we had so much fun every day. It was definitely long training days. Like we were on the ice for like three to four hours a day for figure skating. And then I'd go to hockey practice at night and do that day in and day out and play on weekends. So it was a crazy few months, but it was, it was so much fun just to get out on the ice and do something so different and a different way, I guess was, it was a blast. So one of the main issues why I, I didn't do it was I wasn't, I wasn't, my wife wasn't too comfortable with like the touching, the grabbing, the, the sexual kind of tension, I guess they put on the partners. So how did your fiance feel about that of another guy? Like, you know, throwing you up, and grabbing you and all like that was there any issues there between uh, you and him I mean he didn't love it like love yeah. watching it but I think at the end of the day like he realized that it's a performance and uh you know I was out there trying to do the best that I could and I think the I think when I whenever I do something I dive head first right into it and do the best that I can and I kind of took that on with figure skating. It was like, I'm just going to get into this character and you're going to believe that I'm a figure skater, kind of the fake it till you make it. Um, but obviously, yeah, it's definitely a, a weird situation. And I think figure skating is so different than hockey because hockey is like you have so many teammates. 
Um, you can always lean on something, someone different every day or yeah. talk to different people. And now you're in a, a sport where it's only you and your partner and you're literally relying on that person. And I had to trust my partner not to drop me or, you know, to make sure that I was safe out there. So that's, it's already like formed this bond right off the bat as soon as you start lifting and doing those things. So it was definitely totally different. Um, you had, I had to actually think about what I looked like on the ice and not just think about getting from point A to B or put in the puck in the net. Now I had to like keep my shoulders down, keep my yeah. head up, smile. smile. I think smile. smiling was the hardest thing <laughs> um, to remember to smile. So I just had a permy smile after that. They're like, your focus face is now a smiling face. Um, so there was a lot of little things um, to remember, but it was so much fun. That's cool. That's cool. I don't think I'll ever do it, but I'm glad I'm glad you had a good experience. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, maybe after the six kids get older. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. We'll maybe you're a little too busy. I know. I, I'm way too busy to even step on the ice here. All right. So a couple more. Listen, I have a serious question. Okay. So I obviously have daughters. I want them to get into hockey. Um, you got a scholarship. Mm -hmm. You Did you play with the boys growing up, I would assume? I didn't. You did not? I didn't. I I played, uh, I played one year boys when I was four. I actually quit hockey when I was four years old, if you can believe it. And I still go to power skating in my snowsuit. But by the time I was five, I joined a girls team because another girl showed up at my power skating and she was on a girls team. So like I'm from Toronto area. So girls yeah. hockey was started a little bit earlier. So yeah, from the age that I was five, I was playing girls hockey. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask you if you ever experienced any kind of like just sexism or anything where like a, a guy or a coach or other players like just said something inappropriate or told you to quit or said girls don't belong I just I was just interested on your take in that if you've ever had anything like that uh you know in hockey I was pretty lucky that I didn't have to face a lot of that I think like the biggest thing in women's hockey uh is that you know when you say oh I want to be a hockey player I want to become a hockey player most if you're asking a guy, they would say, oh, yeah, like, that's awesome. Follow your dream. Go play in the NHL. But if I said, oh, I want to be a hockey player, they'd be like, but what do you actually want to do? Like, yeah. what, what is your actual career? You know, which I, I mean, I still say I'm a hockey player, even though I have to do other things on the side to make a living. But uh, I think that, you know, that's something that definitely will change. I think sexism, actually, the first time I really felt it was when I was figure skating. Uh, after I lost in the finals, a guy asked me, oh, so you've lost a lot of weight on the show. And I think I'd maybe lost like three or four pounds, like really not a lot. Yeah. And I'm looking at him like, the guys on the show had lost like 30 pounds. <laughs> and I'm like, you would have never asked them that. Because like, I'm in, I was already in shape, but like there was not really much weight to lose, whereas the hockey guys hadn't been, they were retired. They were I was a little ready, retired, so they yeah. Obviously they hadn't been training for as long. So they like lost weight and I got asked this and I looked at um, like, am I supposed to answer this? Like, I'm like, maybe I've lost some of my hockey muscles and got some like figure skating muscles or something. It's a little, I look a little bit different, but that was, that was a really odd question that I, that I got from figure skating. And I was like, they're really it's definitely a different sport. Different standard. <laughs> I don't have the protection yeah. of my hockey equipment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just the way of the world. I'm, I'm slowly realizing that as my daughters get older, it's like, man, women just have to deal with so much different stuff than I had to. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. But anyways, okay. So you got the all-star game coming up. And then after that, you're going right into that rivalry series with the USA. 
You got games in Victoria, mm-hmm. Vancouver, Anaheim at the beginning of February. What's what's going on with yep. Team, Canada, Team Canada? Why why are we not winning anymore, Natalie? I mean, it's hard to answer. I feel like we have such an amazing team. Um, we have the talent, and sometimes when we get against the U.S., it's just I mean, we beat them the two games in Pittsburgh right before the first two games of the rivalry series. And then we lost those two games. So these three games will be really big for us. I mean, I think we're trending the right way. We have so many amazing players. There's lots of young, great players coming up. Uh, We just got to be able to bring it in those big games. And I think that that's, um, you know, what we're looking to do now is figuring out how do we make sure that, you know, there's those games leading up to it, but we got to bring it when we hit uh, those games against the U.S. Do you think it's because the top players on Canada are doing reality TV shows and not focused in on hockey? Do you think that might be it, Natalie? No, not at all, because hockey is still my priority. (laughs) (laughs) I'm teasing. Well, listen, I I wish you all the best. I hope, um, you know, everything turns out. You're doing a good thing by trying to get the women's game going. I, I really, truly believe it's just such a very entertaining product. And if people just see it, they'll have, you know, they'll, their eyes will be open. So good luck at the all-star game. If you need some tips on three on three, let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm one to know at all-star games. I don't know why people don't realize. Yeah, I heard you might be there coaching or something. We'll see. You know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're working on contracts right now. I'm very expensive these days. It's hard to pry me out of my, yeah. my house. So yeah. we'll see. If I'm there, well, I'll hopefully you. see you there. Yes. All right. Natalie Spooner, everybody. Thank you so much. And good luck, Natalie. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me.